The following pre-recorded program is paid for by SSI Guardian. Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg with your host, psychologist and author, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Living Well with Dr. Peg explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics brought to you by SSI Guardian. Living Well with Dr. Peg shares effective and practical psychological strategies based on biblical principles for living well and staying safe. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Peg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat. Visit drpegradio.com. And now, here's your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, brought to you every week by our sponsor, SSI Guardian. We're coming to you from Denver, Colorado, and streaming around the world online and from your smartphone apps. If you missed last week's episode or any episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, be sure to go to drpegradio.com for the program archives. And also check out drpegradio.com for information about the show, more about our sponsor, and how you can take advantage of my mental health, wellness, and safety consulting services, workshops, and books. Well, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you ready to do something different for a change? If so, I'd like to invite you to participate in one of my upcoming Do Something Different for a Change personal transformation retreats. You can start 2017 by investing time in yourself to reflect on where you've been, determine where you want to go, and identify effective strategies to get you there. These full-day private VIP individual retreats and small group retreats are a time of refreshment, reflection, and strategic planning that will accelerate your personal transformation and promote lasting change in your life. Learn more at drpegradio.com. Well, this show is being pre-recorded just a few days after the car and knife attack at Ohio State University, and we have also seen increasing numbers of mass attacks on college campuses and K-12 schools. And here to talk about what we can do to prevent school violence and how to respond to violent attacks is my guest, Michael Yorio. Michael Yorio is the president of SSI Guardian, a company that takes a comprehensive approach to safety and violence prevention. And SSI Guardian, as you know, is also the sponsor of this program. So I'm so grateful to have Michael Yorio live in the studio with me today. Thank you for being with us and welcome to the program, Michael. Hey, Dr. Pig. Thanks for having yeah, me. Glad well, to be here. Welcome back, I should say. Welcome back. The second me. time. Yeah, that's great. Great to have you here. Um, before we get into our topic today, which is school safety, uh, I want you to tell the listeners just a little bit about your professional background and how you came to be the president of SSI Guardian and what the mission and goals of SSI Guardian are as a company. Sure, absolutely. So myself and actually everybody on our team, uh, we all come from the security defense arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've all spent many, many years uh, protecting the lives and welfare of others' people. Um, so recognizing, actually, let me back up a little bit. In a prior life, mm-hmm. we actually trained law enforcement on active shooter training and active shooter breaching of the buildings and taking out mm-hmm. that threat. So we knew many, many years ago that there was a definitive need in the educational space. And there was an opportunity with School Specialty, our parent company, that we all kind of merged into this company And saw an opportunity. So I was given the task of standing up this, let's call it a concept, if you will. Mm -hmm. So we vetted the market, researched the market, 
and validated our opinion that there was a definitive need Mm -hmm. for preventive measures uh, to this threat. Because as you know, in most cases, and even if we look at Ohio State, uh, after the fact, um, this person was on Facebook uh, with a manifesto. So there were always foreshadowing signs, Mm -hmm. but people need to be aware of these signs and what to look for to really mitigate these things. Absolutely. And for me as a psychologist, that's something I'm very interested in, um, is recognizing the signs that someone's in distress Um, recognizing concerning behaviors and recognizing if someone is moving on a path to violence. Sometimes people, as part of their suicide plan, the plan is take out a lot of other people before I kill myself or let the police kill me. And so if we can recognize signs before a tragic event happens, not only are we saving lives, but we are also helping a person who was in distress to begin with. Absolutely. And as you know better than I, People with suicidal tendencies or suicidal thoughts. Um, When we look at schools, typically that'll be viewed as an individual threat, that that person is only a potential harm to him or herself. And we know from facts and research, that's not the case. A lot of active shooters, school shooters, uh, have showed and displayed suicidal tendencies because most of these things end in death, either suicide Mm -hmm. or suicide by cop. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. And so part of the training that Guardian offers is recognizing, well, what are what are observable behaviors uh, that show someone is at an increased risk, not only for self-harm, but for harming others? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, one thing that stood out for me, Michael, uh, with the Ohio State University attack, and again, we're pre-recording just a few days after. So um, listeners, you know kind of how things are unfolding, what the current status is as you're listening to this pre-recorded program. But the thing that really stood out and, and is gaining a lot of attention and interest is that the school tweeted out an alert that said, run, hide, fight. And while the general public at the time may have been confused about what that meant, Uh, those of us who are in the violence prevention and response business know exactly what that meant. Um, Ohio State University had received active shooter training, and they were reminding their faculty, staff, students, and visitors to apply what they had learned. How significant and how wonderful was that, that that they they were able to do that? Sure, absolutely. And to the university's credit, um, apparently they've had some semblance of training Mm -hmm, in place. mm -hmm. They had some semblance of a plan and an alert system mm-hmm. um, where the confusion from the way I see it, run, hide, fight came into play. If you're a student on campus and on the Buckeye alert, you get run, hide, fight. What is this telling me to do? Right. Is it telling me to run, to hide, to fight? Now they did disclose the location of the attacker Watts hall, mm-hmm. uh, which was good. Uh, but again, over since that attack over the past several days, uh, I've seen a plethora of articles in the media, on radio, online, on national media, talking about run, hide, fight. Mm -hmm. Run, hide, fight is a good concept, but I I, want to inform the listeners that it is just that. It is a concept. It gives good generic baseline guidance, but it is not your end-all, be-all resolution to any sort of an attack, Mm -hmm. whether it's an active shooter, an active terrorism like we saw in Columbus at Ohio State. There is no one single thing that you can do during an attack. Mm -hmm. So it's really about having options, 
being empowered and knowing what options are at your disposal in the event you're in a situation like this. Mm-hmm. Every situation is unique and different. Mm-hmm. And the, the city of Houston, um, I think, trademarked that phrase, run, hide, fight. They have an excellent um, educational video. You can watch it on YouTube. But the point you really want to emphasize is that's just the beginning. That's just very basic if you know nothing else. That might pop in your head. But it actually could lead to poor choices and, a, and an ineffective response, couldn't it? It could, Absolutely. If you're expecting just to run, Mm -hmm. the last thing you want to do is blindly run because you don't know what you're running into. You could, in fact, be running into harm's way unless you have that information that it's one attacker at a particular location. Mm -hmm. You could be running into harm's way. So that's where people really need to be careful. Um, In our advanced training, we say evacuate, but evacuate only if you are 100% sure you have a clear evacuation route. Mm -hmm. And that's very challenging, quite frankly. In many, many cases, evacuation, that option is not going to be available. Mm -hmm. Now, it's important also the planning stage. You need to plan your evacuation routes. Uh, It's no different than what we practice in school during the fire drill exercises. When you hear that fire drill go off, you know where you are exiting and you take the same route every time. Mm -hmm. Now, in the case of an active shooter or a terrorist attack, you may not have that exact same route, but you should know, depending on what your classroom or department that you're in, where are your escape options? And you mm-hmm. make your decision based upon where that attacker might be. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so really with the advanced training that SSI Guardian provides, it's about uh, advanced planning and preparation. There is no one-size-fits-all response. It really is training people to be aware of their environment, to think about these things beforehand. That's that's the one benefit when there's a tragedy um, that occurs we can debrief and we can have lessons learned and it can be a reminder for us each to to uh, be more aware and ask those what if questions what if something like this happened on my college campus or in my k-12 school or in my workplace that's one advantage of having these tragic events occur Um, but to take it a step further and get appropriate effective advanced training Absolutely. And there is no one size fits all. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the misperception, if you will, with run, hide, fight. Mm -hmm. People think, okay, I get it. It's a check the box, easy to remember, run, hide, fight. In that order. In that order. That's not necessarily the case. That is not necessarily Mm -hmm. the case, Mm -hmm. depending upon your location and proximity to the attacker, depending upon a myriad of different variables. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, these events happen very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, Although they are planned out by the perpetrator uh, to the victims and everyone involved, they're unannounced. Mm -hmm. So they happen fast. Uh, Most people, a lot of people will freeze initially. So that's to your point, the importance of having a well thought out plan Mm -hmm. and practicing that plan. And people will respond different in a high-stress situation, but the more you prepare for it and practice Mm -hmm. it, the less chance you will panic and the greater chance of survival you will have, the greater chance you will follow that plan and be able to rely upon the options that you learned. That's right. That's right. And people always say practice makes perfect, but my slogan is practice makes permanent. And so we will, um, will, will, not necessarily always rise to the occasion if we haven't been trained. We'll fall to the lowest level of our <laughs> to the level of our training, That's and so right. that preparation and practice and having the right information is so critically important. Absolutely, and the advanced training obviously must 
proceed the planning. So based upon that advanced mm-hmm. training, now it's important to practice that. And I love that phrase, by the way, practice makes permanent. Mm-hmm. Uh, that resonates with people. And I know mm-hmm. when we do it in our training, uh, every time you use that phrase, mm-hmm. practice makes permanent, um, people wake up. Yeah. So you want to be practicing the right things. That's right. That's <laughs> Provided right. by experts in the industry, which SSI Guardian certainly does set that new standard. Uh, you know, and unfortunately in today's environment, uh, safety is something that every person on college campuses and K-12 schools should know about. Uh, but safety is not just a matter of life or death. It really is a matter of success and achievement at school. I was speaking with um, someone recently, and uh, they they had an interest in uh, student success and school in achievement. And I was trying to make the case that having Safety training is part of student success. If you think of Maslow's hierarchy, all my Mm -hmm. Psych 101 students out there, that pyramid that represents all of our basic needs, that until those are met, we really don't move up that hierarchy to um, uh, uh, self-actualizing our potential and our self, um, uh, our abilities that we have. And at the very bottom is food, water, air, and the very next level is safety and security. So how can students learn when they don't feel safe. Uh, Say more about that. Sure, absolutely. So UC Davis uh, did a study uh, about a year, year and a half ago, and that study was on this very topic, Mm -hmm. corresponding truancy to student success. Mm. And what they found was in schools where students did not feel safe, truancy rates were significantly higher, Mm. more than 3 4% higher. And we all know if you're not in school, you can't learn. If you miss too much school, um, the likelihood of that student dropping out goes up extraordinarily Mm -hmm. high. And high school dropouts have very, very challenging career prospects. Mm -hmm. So safety impacts not only the learning success, but in a lot of cases, people's entire livelihoods. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there's a new model out there called the 21st century classroom and the 21st century safe classroom. Talk Mm. about that. Sure, absolutely. So uh, both of these terms, we kind of came up with this paradigm, Mm -hmm. we meaning SSI Guardian, the 21st century safe school. So in education, 21st century learning um, is the rage Mm -hmm. and, and for great reason. Um, they're, they're, they're improving technologies. They're, they're instilling more technologies to increase learning, um, levels of learning and knowledge retention. Mm -hmm. But what's missing from the 21st century education is safety. Mm -hmm. So again, attaching that to truancy, children feeling safe will learn more, will have better career prospects that plays directly into the 21st century education. Mm -hmm. So what we've done in the 21st century safe school have incorporated safety and security components. And it's not just for student safety, quite candidly. It's for teacher safety, anyone working in that school, community safety. Yeah, visitors. And visitors, without Mm -hmm. question. Mm -hmm. So it's taking those security industry's best practice solutions, ranging from advanced training to door locks Mm -hmm. to trauma kits to visitor ID badges to a host of other things. Security is a comprehensive approach. Mm -hmm. There is no one single item. And that's another misnomer um, that we have in our society. People think, I can speak with schools in particular, schools have a plethora of security surveillance cameras. Mm -hmm. 
The reason for that is funding was made available mm. and they felt, well, we have cameras and we add cameras every year. We're safer and we're safer. And the fact is you're not any safer. Cameras are good for the investigative part of the crime. Mm -hmm. They will not prevent a crime. Mm -hmm. Now, it may stop some trivial things and bad behavior in hallways like that. But as far as preventing significant crime, it's not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Door locks is an, another example. Yeah, we have door locks on our classroom doors. Well, that very well may be. But if it's a very um, low entry latch locking system, anybody can kick that door in mm -hmm. with, with minimal effort. So you have a lock, you get this false sense of security. Right. So the 21st century safe school paradigm really is about having best practice solutions incorporated into the school mm -hmm. from top to bottom, from the time you enter that school's perimeter to, to the entryway to in to the interior of the school and mm -hmm. having these right measures in place. Mm -hmm. A couple of those feature items that most schools don't think about, the trauma kits. So a trauma kit is used forever by the first responder community. So these are things like tourniquets, um, quick clot seals, things that we use in the battlefield and mm. that the first responders are using. In fact, our partner with this, uh, North American Rescue, they are the gold standard in this space. Mm -hmm. So for a school, every classroom should have a trauma kit and not just for the extreme violent events but just for the everyday, unattended, unexpected accident where a child or a teacher mm. may have an accident, they may slip, and mm. they just landed the wrong way, and they've incurred life-threatening hemorrhaging. Mm. A person can bleed out in one to six minutes. So that's pretty quick. Yeah. And depending on where that school is located, that may be sooner than first responders can arrive on the scene. Mm -hmm. And you can only... Save that person's life if you have the appropriate equipment. Mm. So having these kits and they resemble first aid kits in every classroom really takes that preventive step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Very cost effective as well. Mm -hmm. And then for higher populated areas such as the gymnasiums, the athletic facilities, the auditoriums, the cafeteria, they have wall mounted cabinets mm. that hold more of these products in them. So, again, it could be a weather-related incident and people are hurt. Yeah. You're going to be able to treat these people. That That's excellent. So in terms of taking a comprehensive approach to safety, yes, on our radar are these um, mass shooting types of incidents and mass violence and uh, targeted school violence. Uh, but there are protective measures, safety measures that, that are important in that context but also serve us in our day-to-day -day life inside of a school or on a campus. Absolutely. Uh, and the biggest one is situational awareness. Mm -hmm. And it's about looking for and being aware of suspicious behavior, mm -hmm. understanding and being able to recognize a significant change in somebody's baseline behavior. Mm -hmm. So if we know the threats and we know what to look for, we all collectively can do a much better job reporting these things, addressing these threats and mitigating. Mm -hmm. And there are several examples out there. Um, I, I'm based in South Florida, in, in Coral Gables, Florida, outside of Miami. And about a month ago, there was an incident that where uh, four students had a weapon at the school. And another student was aware. Mm -hmm. He reported it. School police were able to throt the incident mm -hmm. because they were tipped off. Mm -hmm. So kids are getting this and they're becoming less and less apprehensive to report things. Right. 
Uh, there was one in Kansas City uh, probably about six months ago, similar threat, where a student saw somebody mention something on Facebook. Uh, the police were there the next morning waiting for the person mm-hmm. who had the weapons in their car, and they were planning on doing harm to the school. Mm-hmm. So it is truly a community effort. Right. And that's changing the culture. What you're talking about is what psychologists call bystander intervention. And just changing the culture, you're not being a snitch. You're not telling on someone. You're actually possibly saving a life of a friend to see that they're in distress or possibly suicidal and potentially even violent towards others. Uh, so it's really changing the culture and teaching students and other and adults. Uh, if you see something, say something, right? Absolutely. We we don't want people to be quote unquote snitches. We don't want people to be paranoid either. Mm -hmm. It's it's being situationally aware. And in today's world, um, it is quite necessary and not just at work or at school, but Mm -hmm. wherever you are in life. It could be at the shopping mall. It could be at a athletic event, anywhere that you're at. Uh, See Something, Say Something is a great uh, program by Department of Homeland Security. Mm -hmm. It's a campaign. Um, SSI Guardian, we're a proud partner of that campaign. Mm -hmm. So we do some things. uh, We use some of their uh, materials in our training. And because it makes sense if you and it's that simple, Mm -hmm. if you see something, something meaning that suspicious, that doesn't just seem right, Mm -hmm. you need to say something. Right. And we, of course, want to avoid uh, stereotyping, profiling, pigeonholing, et cetera, uh, implicit bias um, that that causes us to jump to conclusions. But it is about also trusting your your gut and intuition so we can train people to recognize observable signs and behaviors that someone is in distress that they're exhibiting signs of mental mental health problems uh, but we also want to have people trust their gut as well and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm um, affiliated with community college of aurora our behavioral intervention team there and we also talk about not only just if you see something say something but if you sense something do something and again it's not going on a witch hunt and right. and, and um um you know, attacking people who are calling the cops on them. But it is, I'm sensing something. Let me at least check in with them. You know, I, I, I sense you're not doing okay today. Is something wrong? Can I help? So it's not jumping to conclusions, but it's just saying, I'm going to do something. I'm going to take responsibility. That's right. And it's to your point, it's not about profiling individuals. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's about being aware of behaviors. Exactly. And exactly. And I think that's an important point. Let's circle back. And we only have a couple minutes left in this segment. But after the break, we can talk more about it. Let's circle back and talk about that 21st century safe school, safe classroom. And you, you mentioned um, not having just a, a, a focus on one intervention. And, and it's so easy to do that, to think, OK, we've got these cameras. Now we're safe. Okay, we've got locks on the doors. Now we're safe. Okay, we've had even this one training. Now we're safe Mm -hmm. because it really is a comprehensive strategy. And it's not just one thing. It's many things and importantly, the right things. Not to, as you said, there's just so many um, products and services and companies out there and different trainings out there. And sure, something's better than nothing, uh, but you want to make sure it's the right training. So in terms of... um, uh, 21st century safe schools and classrooms. Um, let's talk really briefly before we go to the break and we can pick it up again about uh, locks, for example. Because we saw, and I, I keep reminding listeners, we're pre recording just a few days after the Ohio State University um, incident. And, um, um, and so that's, that's kind of on our radars. But we saw at OSU and UCLA 
uh, students piling up chairs and desks uh, because they were told, you know, run, hide, fight. So in an attempt to hide, they were attempting to barricade themselves in, inside of classrooms. UCLA, they used belts, and, you know, they were mm-hmm. very creative in their ways of locking down that classroom. Uh, so we have a lot of teachers and school administrators who listen to this program. And um, I, I think we'll we'll save your response for after the break so we sure. don't run out of time. But I want to ask you, uh, Michael, about uh, recommendations for that 21st century safe classroom. Uh, Those who are listening, um, someone in a position to either go after the grant money or federal funding, or they have they're they're um, a decision maker with a school budget or just a concerned parent listening and wondering about the school that their child goes to. uh, What specific recommendations uh, would you have for the, the classroom in a situation uh, where someone needs to to hide or there's a lockdown at a school and to talk about um, specific features of, of locks because we're, we're seeing those images of the chairs piled up and the belts tied to the doorknobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we come back, uh, you'll hear Michael Yorio's response to that question. He's president of SSI Guardian, who set the new standard on advanced safety education. Don't go away. We'll be right back. One needs to look no further than today's headlines to understand the threats facing American schools. They remain soft targets for violent threats, and yet our schools go largely underprepared. Our children deserve the highest level of education in the safest learning environment possible. The SSI Guardian QAL, or Quick Action Lockdown, is the fastest and safest way to lock down a classroom. This revolutionary device provides schools with maximum locking protection while meeting all safety, fire, and building codes. Designed by the leading lock experts in the world, the QAL is the only lock that meets Department of Homeland Security primer recommendations. SSI Guardian QAL now makes classroom lockdowns fast and safe with the red button. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the best classroom protection. Take action today by calling SSI Guardian at 877-878-5800 or go to guardianprotect.com. That's guardianprotect.com. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRostra. A successful day for SpaceX. The company successfully placed 10 satellites in orbit after pulling off its first rocket launch since a fiery launch pad accident in September. It also managed to land the rocket's jettisoned first stage upright on a platform in the Pacific Ocean as part of an effort to make boosters reusable. Parts of the central U.S. grappling with a second day of road glazing ice and bracing for still more accidents involving jackknife tractor trailers shut down sections of Interstate 40 in the western part of the state. Today's storm followed one yesterday that dumped freezing rain from Oklahoma to southern Illinois. And forecasters say parts of Kansas and Missouri could see a third wave of sleet and freezing drizzle tomorrow. A Florida police sergeant being remembered at her funeral today, Master Sergeant Deborah Clayton gunned down outside an Orlando Walmart on Monday. A $100,000 reward being offered for information leading to her killer's arrest. This is SRN News. If you are a Colorado veteran and you are not in a VA mortgage, you've probably been lied to. If you're a veteran and not in a VA mortgage, 99% guaranteed you are paying too high a rate, throwing away thousands of dollars a year to a bank that will never tell you they're taking you for a ride. As a vet, you're entitled to use a VA loan over and over again. You should be paying zero in mortgage insurance, and you can take out 100% of the value of your home for paying off credit cards. Your bank is never going to tell you how much you're throwing away, but I will. I'm Brian Murphy. 
Murphy, owner of Front Range Mortgage, a local Colorado-only mortgage team that has helped hundreds of veterans to drop their mortgage insurance, save thousands, lowering their payments, and pay off high-interest credit cards. Call me and my local team for a painless five-minute conversation to see how much we can save you. Our number, 303-500-1900. That's 303-500-1900, or visit FrontRangeMortgage.com. And MLS 378844, regulated by the Division of Real Estate. Hey, Denver. Faith Bible Chapel Arvada is coming your way on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. right here on 94.7 KRKS. Start each Sunday morning with a word from Pastor George Morrison and Pastor Jason King as they bring the life-changing message of Jesus to our city and the world. Join us right here on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. GEICO presents Unanswerable Questions. Why are yawns contagious? What makes some ketchup fancy? Or the big one. Why doesn't everyone switch to GEICO and they could save 15% or more on car insurance? However, you could be a part of the answer by switching to GEICO and saving hundreds for yourself. Money you could use to purchase bottle after bottle of the fanciest of ketchups. GEICO, the answer to savings. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Welcome back, everyone. My guest today is Michael Yorio, president of SSI Guardian, and we're talking about ways that a school can stay safe. And it's this notion of the 21st century safe school model. And um, it's not just one thing that makes your school safe. It really is a comprehensive strategy that involves not only advanced training, the right training, effective training, but there are products. There are um, things uh, that a school uh, needs to be equipped with, Michael. And we were talking about locks. Um, yes, if if you can be creative and innovative and um, in the moment barricade a door with whatever by any by any means necessary, that's great. It saves lives. But what are some proactive things that uh, schools need to be aware of in terms of locks? So the most prudent approach, if you're a learning institution and your doors do not have locks is to consider very quickly having locks installed. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, sometimes because of of budgets and planning and and school seasons, uh, you can't implement these changes immediately. So the first step is identifying that threat, if you will. So in the case of UCLA and Ohio State, as you pointed out, in both cases, we've seen photos where makeshift operations uh, were relied upon uh, for individual safety. So if you know that that's a gap and a threat, you can address that by planning, okay, if something happens, I know the door doesn't lock, what am I going to do? It's barricading, it's tying things down. And thinking that through in advance. Thinking that through in advance, Mm -hmm. which again, everything keeps coming back to training and planning. Yes. Because even if you have you don't have the optimal safety built into your facility from a physical security standpoint, you can do things through training and planning to mitigate mm-hmm. um, those additional risks. Mm-hmm. So important. But for the 21st century safe classroom, we've made it really, really easy. Uh, it includes three products. And one is the lock that you refer to, uh, the QAL lock, which stands for a quick action lockdown, is the fastest 
safest classroom device in the market. It's the only deadbolt locking mechanism that's code compliant. And that's a big deal. Deadbolts, uh, most of us have deadbolts on our front doors at home. Deadbolts will give you maximum locking protection versus a latch lock, which most of us at home have on our closets and our bathrooms and bedrooms. You can kick those doors in. Mm. You can breach those doors with minimal force. So it's important that you're having maximum locking protection to protect these innocent lives. In addition to the deadbolt feature, the QAL can be locked by anybody, not just the teacher. Mm. And that's important. So after Sandy Hook, Department of Homeland Security came out with a report called the DHS Primer, and the QAL was designed to meet those recommendations. And a couple of those core recommendations were doors need to be locked from the inside of the classroom. Doors need to be locked easily and quickly by more than one person, Mm -hmm. meaning if something happens to that teacher, whether they panic, whether they lost the key, whether they were outside of the room, because, again, these events are not scheduled. Mm -hmm. They happen when they happen. In the case of the QAL, even a small child can press that red button and lock down that classroom. Mm -hmm. And they can be trained in a non-traumatic fashion to do that. It's a red button. You push it. It's instantaneous. So it meets all fire, safety, and life codes. It's ADA compliant. So that's probably the most important thing a school can do for a classroom lockdown. Now, the next challenge becomes almost every classroom door has some sort of an opening, a glass window. Mm -hmm. And that was for child safety. But it comes with an unintended risk, if Mm -hmm. you will. That if there's an attacker and the door is locked and you have that window and he can see inside the classroom, he's going to see that he has potential victims. Mm -hmm. So the next step is to shade and black out that window. And we have a product called the SSI Lockdown Shade. It's very simple. Again, it takes one second. It's on a piece of Velcro. You pull it. It drops immediately. Um, Envision a dark curtain used in auditorium stages. That's what it resembles. Mm -hmm. So you have the door locked with deadbolt locking protection. You've shaded out the window. Mm -hmm. So if all the classrooms do this, the attacker becomes confused. He becomes frustrated because these things happen quick. They're looking for maximum damage, minimal amount of time. Mm -hmm. And they know that the law enforcement response They may have even done some trial runs and been able to see in time how quickly law enforcement arrives for an emergency. They know they only have a limited amount of time. And again, if part of their suicide plan is take out as many lives as possible before they kill themselves, pulling down that shade really kind of slows down the clock, delays, uh, buys you some time for law enforcement to arrive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 95% of school shooters are current students. Mm -hmm. So in most cases, they they understand the lay of the land Mm -hmm. at that school. So the doors are locked. The windows are shaded. The shooter more than likely will move on Mm -hmm. to find easier prey. And the third component of the 21st century safe classroom is the trauma kits that I talked about Mm -hmm. a little bit earlier. Every classroom should have a trauma kit. Mm -hmm. If there's an incident... In that room, during the attack or just an accident, 
you have the ability to save somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And as an upgrade, so we offer those three, uh, and it's in a package deal. It's it's under one price. It's mm-hmm. a simple uh, purchase to keep things simple for schools. Yeah. But as an upgrade, we also have 3M safety window film. Mm, say more about that. So what it is, you would treat that classroom door window with 3M film. Mm. It is not bulletproof. People think bulletproof, but it's not bulletproof. However, the glass will not shatter. So if you shoot a round of ammunition into that glass, um, that round will go through the glass, but it's going to make a small hole. So when you hide, you want to hide away from the Mm -hmm. door. Again, going back to planning, I know we're repetitive here, but we can't say it enough. You want to plan. You're not going to hide in front of the door. It buys you time. Mm Mm-hmm. So by buying time, these things are very, very fast. The average incident lasts 8 to 12 minutes, and that's a study done by the FBI. But in many cases, these things are under five minutes. Mm-hmm. So as much time as you can buy between the t- from when that incident begins and law enforcement can arrive and take meaningful action can be life-saving. Mm-hmm. Great information, um, great products available um, again, advanced planning, preparation, um, m- making the case to the decision makers and administrators of why this is so important and knowing there are options, knowing that uh, SSI Guardian is available to provide these comprehensive solutions. And in many cases, Dr. Pig, mm-hmm. the cost of implementing a 21st century safe classroom, mm-hmm. the cost per student is a fundraising activity. Mm-hmm which schools do all the time mm-hmm. for athletic trips, mm-hmm. band trips, extracurricular mm-hmm. activities. So if you really extrapolate those numbers, mm-hmm. uh, and every school is different based upon enrollment and whatnot, but it's not that a, a largest spend as, as some may think, mm-hmm. because schools do face budgetary restraints. We, we know that. Um, but on the other hand, they have to find a way to do these life-saving things Mm -hmm. because that's the most important responsibility of a school administrator is to safeguard those lives during school hours. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we know here in Colorado, uh, beginning in 2017, um, known as the Claire Davis Act, there's going to be some um, incentives, I should say, reasons why schools, it's the right thing to do, but um, there's going to be some liability if schools are not adequately uh, equipped and prepared and have the appropriate training. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, talk about the 21st century school as a whole. That's something that uh, that can be done in each um, individual classroom. Uh, but what about the emergency management notification systems uh, that we saw um, uh deployed at Ohio State University and and that we see at most college campuses today, um, whether it's a weather-related incident, school closing for whatever reason, most schools today, K-12 and and higher ed, have notification systems. What would be the standard for the 21st century safe school in terms of that emergency uh, management notification system? Well, as the old saying goes, information is power, Mm -hmm. and you have to be able to disseminate information in a crisis as effectively and as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So these these systems are a critical part of a school's comprehensive security initiative. Mm -hmm. So there's a product that we trade in called ReadyOp, 
And the cool thing about ReadyOp is it's integrated with first responder communications. Mm. So the first responders are notified at the same time Mm. as the people in the score notified of a particular threat, reducing their response time. A lot of people don't realize with 911, um, and especially in rural areas, they're on a shared dispatch program. So meaning that it's mm-hmm. going to go to one dispatch, they're going to get your information before it's relayed to another, and all this time mm-hmm. um, the attack is taking place and unfolding. So the more we can reduce that response time from first responders, um, the better chances we're going to have of surviving the event. Mm-hmm. And so what, what would be um, the necessary information in these types of notifications? And I know it will evolve over time. I recall going to a presentation that uh, Chief Abrams did, who was uh, the chief of police for the University of Colorado um, Health Center. I, I don't recall the, the, the hospital, the, the, the medical school where the Aurora Theater shooter was a former student. Uh, he talked about in the presentation I heard kind of how those notifications evolved as they as they first were notifying of the threat, as they were um, responding over time and doing lockdowns and school closures or, or um, dorm closures and, um, you know, letting the public know, okay, here's, here's information that as we're finding out. What would be some of the appropriate information to include in those initial texts? We have just about a minute. Sure. So first and foremost, you want to notify everybody that there's a threat. Mm -hmm. So if you're going into lockdown, lockdown needs to be that command. Mm -hmm. Um, Secondly, and of equal importance, if you have the location of the Mm -hmm. attacker, um, that's paramount. That will tell people, do I have the option to evacuate Mm -hmm. or do I need to lock down? So those are the two key things initially. Mm -hmm. And then moving on, uh, if you're able to get current updates on the threat, whether it's the location Mm -hmm. of the attacker uh, or if the lockdown has been lifted, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Great. And so, again, that's something that should be planned in advance. Who is responsible for initiating those notifications? Who are the backup people when those people are not on campus? That was an issue at um, the University of Colorado with the Aurora Theater shooting incident. Um, people were off campus who needed to uh, to respond. So when we come back, we'll hear more. Stay with us. Schools can no longer afford not to invest in a professional evidence-based advanced safety education training program. It's the single most important decision and investment a school administrator will ever make in their professional career. When all else fails, training and preparation are the only things that will increase your chances of survival in a violent incident such as an active shooter or active terrorism. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training programs tailored to your needs. While there are many basic training programs largely based on opinion and emotion. SSI Guardian is the only advanced training program of its type with an accredited continuing education unit or CEU issued by an accredited university. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions, faith-based and professional organizations. To learn more, call SSI Guardian today at 877-878-5800 or visit guardianprotect.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Hey, 
Welcome back, everyone. My guest is Michael Yorio. He's the president of SSI Guardian, who set the new standard in advanced safety education. You can learn more about uh, Michael Yorio and his team and SSI Guardian and all the comprehensive services they provide at SSIGuardian.com. So, Michael, we've been talking about this 21st century safe classroom and safe school. And unfortunately, this this is the world we're living in today. Uh, And so we might have someone who maybe is retaliating uh, for, for uh, against a perceived injustice or someone who, um, for whatever reason, is acting out violently. Maybe there's the, the influence of mental illness, perhaps, or any other motives that a person might have uh, to carry out a targeted school attack. Uh, but also um, we know that terror attacks are something that we're living with today. Uh, talk more about that terror threat in K-12 schools and higher education campuses and what we need to know to keep ourselves and our children safe. We've known for a number of years that this was coming our way. Unfortunately, the uh, terror threats and the terror threat facing K through 12 and higher education um, OSU, they've confirmed this was a terrorist attack. Uh, ISIS has claimed responsibility that they uh, recruited this individual to take out this act. So it's very real. It's as as significant as probably it's ever been in the United States. Um, So it's a very, very serious threat. In Colorado, we had an incident uh, about a year ago. We were called into the situation. Um, And this will hit home with your listeners because it is in Colorado. Uh, Young girl, 13 years old, makes a new friend on Facebook. And it starts off very innocently. They're two young girls chatting about what 13 year old girls talk about. They become friends. Conversation then kind of becomes a little creepy. You know, what time do you guys take breaks? And can you send me a photo of your uh, cafeteria entrance and your front entrance? Um, So the girl becomes a little suspicious, reports it to her father who presumes it's a child predator. Mm. So reports it to the chief of police and, and they look into the situation and what it turned out to be is it was a terrorist cell overseas mm. using social media, disguising themselves as a 13-year-old American girl to get information on this school. Mm. So they're all kind of scratching their heads saying, why does anybody care? It's in a you know small mountain town in Colorado. Why does anybody care what we do? And as they connected the pieces together of the puzzle – uh, not too far from this school were various supermax prisons mm. and housed in those prisons were some very high valued terrorists, mm. including people who were involved in nine 11 mm. people who were involved with the world trade center bombing. So it's leverage. Wow. And these things take place throughout the world. Uh, fortunately they're, was no incident they were be able to cut it off but that school has been put on the map they're a target Mm. without question Mm. and terrorists do not stop they run what we call stress test each event they see how far they can take it learning from these events and they'll keep trying and altering and maneuvering until they're able to successful successfully hit a target Mm. So that's one example. Uh, Another example, again, having to deal with social media. Social media um, is a very, very valuable and dangerous tool when it comes to terrorism. Uh, They use it religiously. They use it every day. They use it to recruit into their organizations. 
They use it to brainwash uh, young American youth to either commit violent acts themselves or take their own lives. So uh, another story related to that uh, gentleman who I know uh, in the security world also works in the tech world. Um, has a daughter, and he's very suspicious of everything given his background. Mm-hmm. So he monitors his daughter's email, cell phone, social media, good kid, good grades, all these things. But what he didn't know, she had a school-issued iPad. Mm. He could not monitor that iPad. Mm. She had access to the Internet on that school school-issued piece of apparatus. And she made contact, again, through Facebook, somebody posing as a friend, and they brainwashed this young girl into trying to take her own life. So the father was devastated. Thankfully, her attempt failed, and she is still with us. Mm. But you talk about a sobering, eye-opening experience. How could this happen? I look at everything. Mm-hmm. So technology can have un- unintended consequences. And that's part of the challenges with the 21st century education because a lot technology is a big part of that. And yeah. rightfully so, technology can do some wonderful things. But you really need to think out all of these unattended risk and consequences, mm-hmm. such as firewalls, such mm-hmm. as passcodes, things like this. Wow. So then that's the thing about the technology, as you stated. It's, it's uh, an indispensable learning tool today. Um, but it it gives access to anyone uh, to your children um, in the classroom um, or at home in the privacy of their bedroom in the palm of their hands. I I know when I was growing up, we had one telephone in the kitchen (laughs) with a really long cord. And so uh, our parents knew who was reaching out to us. That was really the only way someone was going to talk with us. And so begging for a phone in our room or our own private number just didn't happen at right. that time. But now we're giving children access to the world and the world access to them. So it requires new strategies, doesn't it? Absolutely. We had time allotments in my house. You had <laughs> four minutes to speak. So do what yeah. you got to do and move on because exactly. somebody else needed the phone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so we just have to be as parents, we have to be mindful of these threats. And again, as as you've said before, uh, it's not to be paranoid, but it is to be aware and not just aware, but equipped and prepared. And that involves um, advanced, appropriate training, effective training, and it it involves planning. That's right. Personal security is really the responsibility of the individual. Mm-hmm. So as we say in our training and we put in bold caps, Y-O-U, you are responsible mm-hmm. for your own safety and well-being. Mm-hmm. Don't assume that your employer, that your school, that your supervisor mm-hmm. has it covered. Uh, they may be doing a great job with that, but we all as individuals play an active role in our own safety and security. Mm-hmm. And that's wherever we go in life. Uh, if, if you're riding the subway, if you're on an aircraft, wherever you're at, you have to be situationally aware. Now, you can only do that effectively if you know the basics of situational mm-hmm. awareness. Mm-hmm which we do some outstanding training on that. Uh, and it's very easy to retain. A lot of it is common sense, but until you talk about these things, right. people just don't realize. Mm-hmm. And once that becomes second nature and part of your daily life, uh, people look at things different. And to your point, it's not about being paranoid. Right. Absolutely not. We'd never want to see that in our country. Uh, we don't want to profile individuals, but we do want to be aware of behaviors. Mm-hmm. 
and understand what those behaviors might be. Yeah. So only only you are responsible for your personal safety. And the flip side, however, to that, which I think is good news, I always tell people it only takes one well-trained person and aware to make a difference. Uh, so you may not know what to do, but hopefully someone knows what to do and they can kind of um, take the lead and um, and help everyone else along. And so to have at least that one well-trained person requires um, us being proactive about getting that training. So if it's not being offered, I was talking with um, uh, someone uh, recently who is a small business owner. And so she has her own private office where her clients come in and she provides her services. And I was asking her, you know, have you had active shooter training? Do you, do you, are you aware of the signs that someone's escalating, dealing with difficult people and mm-hmm. irate customers? All that is part of the equation. And she kind of was like, well, no, I haven't. Um, and so uh, she was talking about uh, approaching the management of the the uh, building where she leases space about pulling together all of the occupants uh, and tenants who lease space and, and trying to get a training because it she realized I have to take responsibility for this. I can't wait for someone else to do it for me. Um, also, the good news, and I think you alluded to this as well, is whatever you learn in one context, say your employer does provide training for you in your school or your place of business, now you have that training, and it is transferable to other environments, isn't it? Absolutely. And all of the participants that attend our training, um, we ask them, we implore them, take this back, share it with your friends and your family. Not that you're going to be able to train them as you've been trained today, but you can pass along them some valuable key points to them and get them to start to think a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And hopefully at some point they'll have the same opportunity to go through the advanced training and really have that much higher level of understanding. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so again, tell the listeners um, how they can get in touch with you and um, inquire about the comprehensive training that's offered by SSI Guardian. Our domain is SSIGuardian.com. And you will find a plethora of information, helpful information, on our website, Uh, video testimonials, uh, studies, research papers, various things. You can find us that way. Obviously, our our phone numbers are located on there as well. Uh, Again, SSI Guardian, we are a fully owned subsidiary of School Specialty, Inc., Uh, which is a leader in the educational space for more than 57 years. So those of you in education, um, you know, you might want to go to school specialty site too and Mm -hmm. and see what new things we, they have going on. Uh, We're always launching new initiatives and new products. And uh, so that's the best way to contact Mm -hmm. us. Great. And I always have a link uh, to SSI guardian from my webpage, drpegradio.com. Michael Yorio, thank you so much for being here in the studio with me today. Thank you, Dr. And sharing your, your expertise and your passion uh, for keeping our schools and our campuses safe, for for keeping our kids safe. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much. And listeners, just want to remind you to check out our archives at drpegradio.com and my upcoming events uh, and and um, and retreats at drpegradio.com. My guest has been Michael Yorio. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, reminding you to live well. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, brought to you every week by SSI Guardian. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Peg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat, visit drpegradio.com. You can also purchase Dr. Peg's books, Do Something Different for a Change, and Doggy Tales, Lessons on Life, Love, and Loss I Learned from My Dog, online at drpegradio.com. And remember to join us every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 94.7 KRKS for Living Well with Dr. Peg.